0: Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. You're tuned to listening to the Cinematic Odyssey here on United to This is WWVU FM Organtan 91.7. It's been a while since we've been back in the studio. Uh, we did a couple of episodes uh, downstairs right before Thanksgiving break, so we're back in the uh, main studio. It uh, feels good to be back. Um, we're going to be talking about Wes Anderson's The Royal Tenenbaums, which is his Third film after um, Bottle Rocket and Rushmore. Yes, Rushmore. Rushmore is fantastic. That's one of his funniest movies. But Roll a ton of bombs. I'd say is one of his most emotional films, but yeah. uh, not
1: really expressing it. But we'll get into yeah, that. Yeah, we'll get
0: to yeah, we'll get to that. But also, uh, I just want to quickly mention before we get into the film, uh, Sight and Sound, the BFI. Or The British Film Institute uh, released their top 100 greatest films of all time list. The critics poll and the directors poll. Uh, And Jean Dielman, uh, the three-hour film of a woman doing uh, house chores, reached number one on the critics list. Uh, On the surface, it sounds like a complete bore fest, but... But, I mean, I haven't seen it yet. I have the film. I, I just <laughs> haven't seen it yet. Um, <laughs> it's, it's directed by French auteur Chantal Ankeman. Uh, it was directed in, or it was made in, like, the 70s, I believe. Yeah, the 70s. Um, I mean, that film is basically, like, about, um, like, the patriarchy and how women are kind of forced into this, like, very monotonous lifestyle. And also, there's you know commentary about capitalism as well in that because uh, of her job, what she does outside of like being at home. Um, yeah. So there's that aspect to it, but it was a bit a bit of a shocker for a lot of people to see that at number one. Yeah. While it definitely was, deserves to be on a top one hundred uh, goat list, um, I mean a lot of people would probably disagree at it being at number one. Although the director's list has 2001 A Space Odyssey at number one, which I far more agree with than uh, John Dielman. And then it also has Come and See on the list, but way too low. Come and See is mm-hmm. not even on the
1: critics' list. And that's one of your top. That's my, I think that's so. my number one. That that's is what I, the top.
0: That's what I think is the greatest film of all time from what I've seen so far. The Godfather Part 2 didn't even make the critics' list. Right. It fell off. Fanny and Alexander from Igmar Bergman. It's not even on the critics' list um, this year. And then uh, – Four
1: Alfred Hitchcock films in the top 50 yeah. of the critics' list.
0: Yeah, because last the last list in 2012, uh, Vertigo was number one. Um,
1: yeah, Vertigo fell to number two.
0: Yeah. And then Mulholland Drive. Mulholland top Drive. Top ten. Top ten, number eight. Love David Lynch. I love David Lynch. I love, I love Lynch. that film. Uh it's certainly one yeah, I mean it I'd say it deserves its spot in a break. Um it's certainly a top ten of all time, I think. Uh it's up there. You can make that argument. Um but it's there I know they're gonna do like a two fifty, so they make it, they're gonna like expand it later as more of the I guess votes are counted or or not that. Uh I guess the BF BFI is gonna make it more public. And they'll also show who voted for what. Ooh. Um, so whoever voted for Yee Yee and A Brighter Summer Day is so low, that's criminal. It's criminal. Should not be that low. <laughs> those films deserve to be at least, at least at top twenty, at the very minimum, because those films are transcendental. Um, but yeah. Anyways, we're not talking about, we're, not talking about this. <laughs> we're talking about Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah. So let me let me hear what you uh, had your initial impressions of
1: it. Certainly. So I was. You know, I, I, my familiarity with Wes Anderson leading into this was I knew he liked the symmetry. I knew he liked the, uh, you know, the the color schemes of his set design was is always poignant. Though the only film I would seen of his was Fantastic Mr. Fox. I love that. Which is a very good film. I love it. But, you know, it took some getting used to uh, to watch this, you know with the camera flipping to make sure that the person in frame is in the center of the shot. Um getting used to that complete flip where the actor is the sole focus of the camera. That that took some getting used to, I guess. It's and it's not most directors do not do that. And so it it's I guess unusual. But watching this film, it was funny. Like it's quirky. It's mm. eccentric. It's odd, and it's funny. And you're, you're. I'm laughing at. A, I was laughing a lot actually, yeah. which is, <laughs> I, I I don't know how that reflects, but like I w- <laughs> like even at some of the the more morbid stuff, I'm just. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that was a fake laugh, but yeah. you know, no, I was, mimicking that yeah. a little
0: bit, yeah. There's moments in the film that are yeah, pretty pretty hilarious. Right. I, it got like big laughs out of me. Yeah. This is the second time I've seen this. I saw this, uh, I think, last year. Mm. Yeah, I think, yeah, last year. I saw it last year with a couple of friends. Um, But this time it kind of hit me harder, I'd say. Oh, yeah. Like the ending, like the last kind of 20 minutes mm-hmm. of the movie. Um, and I, th- I think it's better. I liked it more in the second viewing than I did the first viewing. Yeah, uh, just I, everything about it.
1: I feel like that'll happen too, though. Like, I think I'm not noticing as much this time just because it was the first, the first appearance, my first um, chance to see everything. I was, I, I was like, okay. I was writing down, oh, gosh, should I keep an eye out for the score? Should I keep an eye out for the this? Okay, this is what I'm thinking might be big later on. Let's see. How is that going to work? And then half of these I just kind of abandoned because, like, I was trying to find, like, a rhyme or reason mm-hmm. to, like, the instrumental and the score behind the uh, – well, the score. Duh. And I just couldn't pick it out. They're doing an instrumental orchest- orchestral version of Hey Jude – and then like all of a sudden Vince Guaraldi's Christmas time is here. Yeah. Like in the background. It didn't ever seem like there was a theme between the music. Me and Julio down by the schoolyard, Ramones. Like he was trying to like Anderson was trying to capture energy as opposed to Yeah, that's that's what he does. As opposed a... to like make it relate super hard no, that's to what the he, film.
0: That's what he does with the Rushmore as well, with the music selection. It's more of like uh, the genre. The genre is pretty consistent in that film, but in terms of the music selection, there isn't anything that is relating. I think it's more of like a vibe choice, yeah, than a thematic choice I for that. music. Um, which I kind of like a little bit more. Uh, in in some ways, I don't know, but that's just me.
1: Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, I think that the the spectacle, the design of the characters, does just as much to tell the story as the script does. Mm -hmm. I I was watching this with a friend last night. She pointed out that they're in the same costumes the The entire entire time. Yeah. There is no change. <laughs> Eli is always in that, you know, he's got the fringe, he's yeah, got the, the cowboy, cowboy hat. <laughs> Richie's got the. Richie is the only one who goes through a, a drastic change. Yeah. For, uh, you know, removing the sweatband and, and shading, the headband and the,
0: his hair. And...
1: and doing some more things, which are but, devastating. Yeah. We'll get to Audib- that. Audibly gasping. Yeah, we'll get but, to that. But um, Etheline, the mother, she's always monochromatic whatever it is it might be blue it might be tan mm-hmm. olive whatever it is she's all wearing one color yeah there's no dynamic there's no variety uh-huh. it's stationary she is still and the only person who regularly changes what he's wearing is royal yeah royal which is i i i, I think important just because he is he's the one person who feels Dynamic, or at least has to go through a change, or has decided that he needs to change something. It feels like every member of the family is content being separated, or not content, but at least okay with not having heard from Royal in 22 years.
0: Yeah, a very long time.
1: Yeah. Mm Because
0: basically Royal... Uh, so there's this, there's this, the family, the Tenenbaum family, three children, uh, Richie, Ch- Chaz, and Margot. Margot being adopted, which is kind of funny because at least a part of her character, when Royal was a part of the family, he'd always mention, "This is my adopted daughter, Margot." <laughs> <laughs>
1: just just a little little side mention, just gotta say, did you know she's adopted?
0: Yeah, yeah, he
1: always says that,
0: poor Margot, but uh and that must have felt good as a little ch- child, you know for your your dad to say that all the time.
1: Oh, it did. she started smoking at twelve, yeah,
0: um and then uh, so yeah, and so they were they were kind of like praises, these geniuses, so Margot was a playwright. Uh, Chaz was this, like, financial genius. (laughs) Yeah. Like,
1: finance guru. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) At the age of 10. (laughs) He was Jerry Maguire in his bedroom. He's standing up, show me the money. I mean, not really, but yeah. like he he was the legal mind. He was like, Oh, I, I negotiated my father's purchase of our summer home. Yeah, yeah. Guy the Chaz was uh <laughs> accomplished.
0: Chaz had like this freaking trading room floor in his bedroom.
1: <laughs> he's, now he's got the tracksuit.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, but he's older. I love the tracksuit. And then um Richie, who was a tennis phenom. Um and that was like basically the three of the kids and Richie and Margot had this thing when they were kids. Like, they were kind of in love. They, you know, they loved each other more than just being family members, uh, which is the probably the most uncomfortable part of the whole film. Yep.
1: Yeah. And, no, uh, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: and, uh, yeah, so Royal Lee, well, he gets a divorce.
1: They separate. They, they don't separate, divorce. but they don't, like, legally get F- they don't file for a divorce legally speaking. And he's living in a hotel for 22, 22 years. 22 years, he lives in a hotel. <laughs> that's insane to me. Just I do not know the, how you'd afford that. Ju- yeah, just the financial commitment. Because I don't. What does he do? He said he was like a, a lawyer of some sort. But he was disbarred. Yeah. Did he just save his money while he was in prison? Probably. Fair I mean, enough. they're clearly wealthy. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's a good point. And then,
0: uh, yeah, Chaz obviously brought in a lot of wealth. And so did Richie, but I guess, I don't know if they shared it amongst, like, the siblings and the yeah. mom. But, uh, yeah, so basically they were all raised by their mother, um, Ethylene. Yeah. Right? That's her, how do you say that? Ethel, Ethylene. Something like that. Um, and each of them have different secrets or problems that they all deal with right at at uh, some different points in the film mostly towards the end of the movie they all like come to a uh, resolution their arcs so to speak um margo being she always keeps secrets from everybody uh chaz the death of his wife yeah and the he, yeah him like kind
1: of coming to terms with that overprotecting and having to deal with um not being able to prepare for every emergency. Yeah, and he hates he hates his father. Oh yeah. He hates him. And then
0: Richie being well one, he loves he's in love with Margot. Yep. But he can't divulge that information with anyone, obvious for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. And two, he had an illustrious tennis career, but his last game, when he retired at a fairly young age. Yep. It was a Horrific match for him. He didn't even try. <laughs> no, no, he didn't even try. He was completely dejected. <laughs> Not at all. And the scene in that is pretty funny because uh, he's like throwing his racket everywhere. He takes his shoes off. He just sits down on the on the um, tennis court, and he and the uh, the commentators point out that he keeps looking into the stands, and then yeah. uh, they say. Oh, who's that? Who's he looking at? It's his sister and the man she married a day ago. (laughs) (laughs) I mean...
1: Oh, my gosh. It's so funny. (laughs) What I think the most remarkable thing about this, not the fact that in that match he had 72 unforced errors, which is equivalent to, I think, the two sets that he lost prior, but he had scored a point in the game that uh, was being shown on the television in the flashback. He was down 15-40. How does he score a point? How, Cause he's that, that good. Cause he's that good. He's that good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I guess he was that good. He was the Federer and the Doll and the... <laughs>
1: Djokovic yeah, this all day. in one. <laughs> Even when he doesn't want to play, he still scores a point. Magic. They started giving him a point out of charity. They're like, "Oh, he's he's going through it. Maybe if we just <laughs> Yeah. And then there's I mean, a... Eli. Yeah. has his oh, own yeah, secret Eli, too. Oh yeah, Eli, that's right. With his uh masculine addiction. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so Eli, Eli's uh Richie's best friend. Yeah. As that's
0: established early in the film. Uh he would always come over to the house and kind of like just be a a, a fourth Member of the Tenenbaum children, essentially, yeah. Kind of, I mean, not, not really, because he's not a Tenenbaum. But he all there's like that insecurity about him that he always wanted to be one, but he couldn't, you know. Yeah. Um, and then there's Pagoda, like the family. I don't even know what he would be, manservant, au pair. <laughs> I mean, he's more or less. Royals' right hand man. man, yeah, like his best friend.
1: <laughs> he's funny though. Fagoda. I he just... love his. I love his uh, moments when he speaks. I love that he. I love that he stabs him. Frankly, I think that's funny. Oh, at at the, at uh, the, the like twice. The... He he does it. He's done it twice, yeah. as far as we know. He stabs him, and then he, he was a hired assassin. He stabs Royal, and then just like brings him to the hospital.
0: Threws a price on Royal's head. <laughs>
1: And then he does it again. He's like, oh, you son of a gun. You just got kicked out of the house. Stabs, Stabs him. And, and then, then, Royal, and then Royal... puts
0: him in a cab. Royal doesn't even get mad. He's like, don't stab me again, please. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that ever again. <laughs> I love when he says, uh, he has a cancer. <clears throat> he has cancer. <laughs> he, has, he
1: has the cancer.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. So there's
0: Pagoda, and then there's um, Michael, or Mike, Hank.
1: Henry? Henry. Danny Glover?
0: Oh, my gosh. Danny Glover.
1: Yes, Henry. I mean, he's in the same blue suit every day. By the way, if we want to talk about Arrested Development, we want to talk about everyone not having to change. He's always in a
0: blue suit. Yeah. So those are the cast of characters. Oh, and then also Chaz's two children,
1: Uzi. And Ari. Yeah, Uzi. (laughs) That's
0: a funny name. (laughs) Mini Uzi. Uh,
1: and, And (laughs) And the poor dog. Buckley, I know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> May he rest
1: in peace. <laughs> May he rest in peace.
0: <laughs> so the cast of characters
1: are set, and
0: each of them kind of – ju- each of them play off of each other so well. Yeah. Um. And, like, I don't know. I feel like the – like, Etheline and Henry, while present, I guess they're kind of – I don't know. To me, I feel like they're – they don't interject as much with the children. No, I don't. I don't. I don't get that impression uh, at all. Um, it's more or less royal because the premise is royal. He's trying to get right with his family. He's trying to get back into the family and like actually make things right. Yeah.
1: And he, spoiler alert, he lies. That's a funny scene. I the the uh, I'm dying. Oh, when he the initial the initial, yeah, the initial yeah. one. I so mean, yeah. not when he gets caught, obviously. Yeah, so that's a funny scene.
0: Yeah. So, so basically, so this, the characters are set up. Royal um, confronts Etheline, and he we know that he got kicked out of the hotel. Yeah. So he needs a place to stay. So I guess in his mind <laughs> he comes up with this idea: Oh, I'm just gonna lie that I'm dying of cancer. Um. And so he basically manipulates his whole family and lies to them. And so he, he stays in a room, uh, in Richie's room, um,
1: for several weeks. Or... With a makeshift hospital bed yeah. and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, a whole con,
1: a whole con. And then, then at the end, he gets exposed and he's just like, well, that's all. Bye-bye. Let me grab my suitcase. I'm just going to leave. Alright. Oh Goodbye. he says that's he says all.
0: six days. Six days, that's right. It's six days. Yeah. So yeah, so he stay he has his he has his time at the house with his family and he says at the end of it all, this is the best six days of my life. And the narrator, which kind of oddly interjects, I don't know why they I don't know why Wes and uh, Owen Wilson decided this was a good moment to add this in. He they the narrator says and this uh statement um he realizes to be the truest statement he's ever said in his life something like that no
1: what he says it's um he realized it was true after he said it he was throwing out a sweet nothing a hope a hopeful word that's got all the right things in it that you would want to say if you want somebody to come back and love you Mm. but after he says it he realizes oh this is actually the truth I did enjoy my time with my family. I did enjoy spending this yeah. time with everybody. Yeah. And even though they all kind of hate me, I enjoyed still being a part of their lives. Which brings me to a, a quote from, I think that was Eli. He says, I always wanted to be a Tenenbaum. All right, yeah. And Royal agrees with him. He says, me too. Which makes me think that, okay, Royal's been out. I mean, obviously the kids were raised by Ethel,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so he's not really a part of their family. He's not really into the day to day lives of them. He's sort of proud of their achievements, kind of there when they need him. He's just he's sort of a satellite figure in their lives. Yep. He's not the main focus of any of them. Of any of them. Yeah, and. I mean, there's that shot at the beginning. They're having, the family's having the BB gun fight. Yep. And Royal and Chaz are supposed to be on the same team. And he says, there is, there. he's, Royal's on the roof and he says, there are no teams and shoots Chaz in the knuckle. Yep. He doesn't think of his family as part of him. It is him against everybody else. He has isolated himself. And now he's like, well, I always wanted to be a part of this family. For six days, he got to experience what it was like to be part of this family. But the only way for, like, the family to get together and, like, be happy and move on from him is if he's like, all right, I have to let go. They have to leave me. I have to, like, finalize my divorce. I have to (laughs) let my son, you know, be... Um, I have to maybe not say that my daughter is adopted one time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting though the way he kind of dupes his family. Because then I think in one in one way, would they would they even let him like kind of come back if he didn't lie? You know what I mean? No. I don't. I don't think they would. So you know, to, and I guess in his mind, he was thinking, oh, they're not gonna want to see me if I don't lie. If I just want to like actually talk to them, hang out with them, they're just gonna probably reject me. So he, he's probably thinking, well, this is the only way I could probably get their attention and them to finally love me or some in some way. And so it I'm, does- just, I'm just gonna lie. Yeah. And it makes it worse. It
1: doesn't work either. And it doesn't work at all. <laughs> he gets found out. Chaz is like, oh. Oh, oh. okay. Yeah,
0: he doesn't Chaz, care. Yeah, Chaz he, doesn't it, care. It,
1: it's, not the, it's not the drawing. It's not the selling point that he hoped it would be. I'm dying. Okay. Yeah, the only person that cares is Richie.
0: Yeah. Because he was the only son that he actually hung out with. He was the only kid who he loved and like mm-hmm. spent time with. Chaz, he didn't. Well, he kind of harmed his relationship with Chaz. Yes. Um. So Chaz didn't like him that much. Margot. Well, he also harmed his relationship with Margot with what he said about um her play. Oh yeah. And then she she just kind of left
1: the on house. her birthday.
0: Oh no, less. It was on her yeah. Adding insult to injury. Mm-hmm. So it was on her birthday. He she did a play. The three kids were in it after the play, she asks him how what his opinion is on it, and then he just said, oh, it's just <laughs>
1: characters on a stage. It was
0: trash. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, uh, just being a terrible father. It was trash. Happy 12th birthday, my adopted daughter.
0: Yeah, just being a terrible, terrible father. And oh, yeah. Rightfully so. She's very upset and leaves. And that was kind of the catalyst moment of, you know him getting kicked out of the family essentially, right? Um, and then Margot goes on a she leaves, runs for, away, runs away for a while. She does. She gets married to some Jamaican recording
1: artist for nine days. <laughs> for nine days
0: when she was nineteen, uh, and then she wants to go see her her family, her her biological family. They were like farmers in Indiana.
1: And they took a finger. Yeah, they were like chopping wood and I guess who would be her father. That looked deliberate. I'll be honest. It looked deliberate. It looked like it was a rite of passage.
0: Oh, like chopping her finger off. Yes.
1: We're the the nine-fingered so-and-sos from Indiana. Therefore, (laughs) you must be one as well. Yeah. um, And
0: she like has dozens of different like affairs with a lot of
1: people yeah a lot um, of public transport that, yeah, that's just that's what a, i was noticing there uh,
0: yeah that's kind of a little bit of a motif yeah like you got the tat the gypsy cab yep it's a hilarious name and it's like always beat up it's so
1: dudley oh there's a dent oh there's a dent oh dudley dent. yeah but like <laughs> You're right. I mean, for a family that's this wealthy, they don't drive their own car. They don't have. You don't. Even they don't see have them a car. Have one. They're 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 all taking public transportation. Yeah, public the only transportation. one who's, the only one who's got a car is Eli, Eli, because he's been selling books and he's been making a lot of money. Yeah. Marg Margot's. Oh married... no no
0: no no no. Uh, Chance has a car. Uh... The Mercedes. He that he pulls up with his chauffeur to go to the house to oh. take the bags out. Yeah. Uh, I guess so. car. Okay.
1: But that's it. Fair enough, but that's it Yeah well I mean Richie's on a boat. He doesn't really need a car when he's on a boat.
0: Yeah, Richie after he retired, he's been like traveling all over the world. Yeah. Um yeah, there was like a list of places that he went to at the beginning of the film. Yeah. But uh I mean the the uh, where was I at? I honestly lost my place.
1: Uh <laughs> public transportation, uh cars. Um. Yeah, Royal, 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 Royal. Getting back into the family. Yes. Yeah, Royal. Getting back to the family.
0: <laughs> so he lies. There's a whole sequence where uh, Henry finds out, and because you know, <laughs> uh, Henry's they get in an argument. Henry and Royal do. Yeah. It gets pretty heated. Um, and Henry walks up to the room where Royal stuff is. And he opens one of the pill bottles and inside of it is a (laughs) (laughs) tic-tac. There's a tic-tac inside one of the pill bottles and then he calls the hospital, which doesn't exist.
1: For a doctor that does not work there.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Or no, it doesn't even exist. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, he calls the entire family up into the room, ousts him, and Royal's like, how do you know? And then Henry's like, well, my wife had stomach cancer and she passed away from it. So I know what it is and you certainly don't have it. Yeah. And so everyone is angry and dejected and sad and like betrayed. Yeah. by Royal and so he leaves. Yeah. And he kind
1: of is like
0: indifferent about their reaction. He's yeah. just like,
1: yeah, okay. He's like whoops, I guess I guess that's it. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I guess it kind of understands that. Yeah, I did kind of mess up, but I mean, whatever. But the
1: um, I'll move on. What I pull out of this, you know, what what surprises me the most is that of everybody, Royal has the best relationship with Chaz at the end of the film, Mm -hmm. because Chaz has been the most vocal against him. Yeah, he's like, this guy stinks. Dad's terrible he did all this to me he was being illegal he stole money from me you know <laughs> he sues him chaz sues his father yeah. for like the lost money gets him disbarred and allows sends him to prison yeah like chaz is really just taking him out mm. and to have them have the best relationship at the end like it's so R- i love it royal learns the most of how to be a person from chaz yeah. He goes to Rachel's grave. Mm-hmm. He purchases the new dog for the boys. Mm-hmm. You know, he's developed.
0: Yeah, cuz after after that moment, he goes back to the hotel and he gets a job as a um uh elevator yep, mm-hmm. bellhop, elevator like operator. Like elevator operator. Yeah and he's there with Pagoda cuz Pagoda also gets kicked out. <laughs> Pagoda <laughs> was kind of in on it. <laughs> um and uh yeah, so he leaves and the family is probably like even more well, kind of united yeah by by this that moment. Definitely. Um even Richie, even Richie as much as he loved his father, he was like I don't want to talk to you, yeah, I don't want to see you, which is so sad, you know, I don't know. I find it depressing. That was one of the lowest moments uh in the film I mean yeah it's it's hard to watch because mm-hmm. I don't know it's i I was like i I kind of felt bad for royal, but what he did was horrible. he should not have lied to his family that he was dying
1: unethical I wrote this down it was unethical means unethical plan for a moral end i want to bring my family back together i will tell them that i'm dying so that they come to me and that we will all be able to spend time together as a family yeah is that is that right eh, probably not but like his 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 intentions were positive
0: Yeah, it's like the Breaking Bad thing. Yeah, with Walter White.
1: But I I have I'm slightly different. I've got a theory. I've got my I've got a great great theory here with Royal and every everyone's line delivery because nine I'm going to say ninety percent of the lines in this film are delivered in the same kind of inflection. No one is having an outburst no one is screaming there are a few instances in which people do yeah, scream a few times but majority of the time you're having emotional conversations i don't love you anymore i love this guy more um get out of my house dad you're having these con- these conversations yeah. and it's completely deadpan, yeah, deadpan. and my thought yeah, is awesome. with theater with film introducing inflection and introducing emotion allows us to get swept up in the scenario and be like, oh, I know somebody exactly like that. Yeah. Because you can see somebody go through this and we, we're watching this because watching somebody go through a reaction makes us think of other people that we've seen do that exact same thing. Now, in this film, nobody is having or hardly anybody is having an outrageous reaction, one that's extra or obscene no one's throwing things no one's yelling no one's kicking no one's pouting no one's name calling it's all driven by the script and the words and so you're left with just the words being very plainly spoken which i think allows a viewer and maybe this was just because i was in the analytical mindset Mm. it leaves you to be self-aware Leaves you to analyze yourself, as opposed to swept up in the story um. and looking at somebody else for that, you know, validation. Oh, I know, I know a father just like Royal. It's or as opposed to what I ended up thinking was, gosh, I'm just like Royal. Mm, you know, I see. It it turned it on on yourself a little bit more because you're just it's like you're reading a book almost there's not you can't get inflection in a book no there's not anybody screaming in a book unless it's in all caps there's not much in here in this in this film that is indicative of strong passionate emotion besides the words mm-hmm. so you're left with just the words to say oh does he love does he love his family does he care you're left with that to kind of i guess check yourself and I, I really like that decision,
0: yeah, uh I mean, I don't know, I didn't really feel that way, well, I guess kind of yeah like kind of it... like that reaction that you know you for, you're kind of forced to re evaluate yourself yeah um, through these characters um I kind of got. More so – I, I kind of got that feeling at the end of the film, mm. but I was more so feeling, uh, you know, relief and joy for the family at the end of the movie. Yeah. You know, when they all come together again and are happy and it's like – it's such a cathartic,
1: you know, experience yeah. for them. I, I get that. I mean, I think it was influenced a lot by, you know, Margot's talk with Eli – uh, Margot and Richie talking. Um, yeah. R- Raleigh, Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Margot's husband. Yeah. Raleigh Saint Clair. Such a such That's a, a cool pretentious name. name. It like is a the, really good name. I like the name. It's a great name. But <laughs> he, he's like he he's talking to a PI and he's like oh. And this is uh, this is my reenactment of Bill Murray's lines throughout the second half of the film. She smokes. Hey, do you love me anymore? <laughs> i think i'm going to leave you in that exact inflection he's not like he's not upset about it he's not he's bemoaning it he's not accusative he's not like you've been cheating on me how dare you i'm worth more than that you know yeah he's a different he's yeah he is completely plain he's like do you smoke do you smoke it's just nothing there's absolutely nothing <laughs>
0: And I think that's what kind of
1: is so funny about it too.
0: Yeah, like the humor and the drama play go hand in hand. Like yeah. I, I love monotone um deadpan deliveries like Yorgos Lanthimos. I don't know if you've heard of him. Uh Greek director. He's made um The Lobster, mm-hmm. Dogtooth, uh and then his I forget his latest film. He did with Olivia coleman uh, emma stone but anyways Mm. uh yeah his his films all pretty much all of the characters have this very deadpan monotone uh delivery to it and like there's so much hilarity in in that i think um wes and owen they get so much out of that Mm -hmm. i don't know i i just i think i think the the mixture of the deadpan and the, the drama brings out a lot of emotions, ironically. Yeah. I would say. Um, but yeah, the only moments of true emotion, like from the characters delivering the lines, the actors, is... Well, Ch- the argument that... Chats at the dining room table. That... Um, How could you invite him to come here? Yeah. Talking about Royal. And then Royal and Henry... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then
1: uh Chaz at the end of the film with Eli. I was thinking also um lying to Ethel. I'm dying. No, I'm not really dying, and then she slaps him oh. and walks away, and then he calls after her and wait, I'm dying. <laughs> like and then she's like, Are you dying or aren't you? And she's she was that that that's what got me because that's the loudest that she speaks in this mm-hmm. film. Yeah. And it's just in that scene. Yeah. Um but but everybody shows up to see Richie in the hospital.
0: Yeah, and uh that's another uniting moment for the family. Uh while Margot stands behind in the in the surgery room, or
1: recovery she room. You can't bear to look at him. She's off in the distance. And do you, do you think she, at that time she knew why he did it? Or probably not. I don't think she uh, no, well I she think didn't know. I think yeah, she knew. She I think did. Eli told her because they told her on he told her on the bridge. And because I I know this cuz it's like it's logical the way Anderson does this. They're on the br- she's on the bridge talking with Eli, so they they gather that this is a relationship. The guy takes a picture of him, then yeah. Raleigh meets him and so at the hospital Raleigh's like, "Do you love me anymore? Are you going to leave me? Leave me? You've been <laughs> cheating on me for the past, I don't know how many years <laughs> with dudes on public transport. <laughs> You've been smoking?" You've been smoking. <laughs> I love how that's the, that's, that's the one a they th- answer. That's the thing that he that's the deal breaker. <laughs> that's what they ask the most questions about. Have you been smoking?
0: Can I have a smoke? Can I have a cigarette, please?
1: <laughs> Fine. I've been caught. Oh
0: man. Oh jeez. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, and so after this moment, you know, Royal he hears about he hears about Richie. Yeah. You know, trying to. Uh, do end his life? Yes, Uh, yeah. And so, uh, Royal's like, "All right, I gotta go to the hospital to see him." Yeah, he shows up and he's not there. Richie's outside. He checks himself out, and he see he sees him uh, going onto a bus, and Richie doesn't say anything. No, he just goes on the bus and leaves. Uh, goes back to the house, and then. That was like kind of it, um, until Richie actually comes back later to the hotel yeah. to finally talk to Royal. Which on, it's not it's not a lot about it's not a a big amount of time in the film but it, it I don't know it seems like such a long time to me. Uh, a lot of time has passed. I don't know. It, it doesn't. It, it seems not. That, it seems that way to me. Because um, of how disconnected Royal is from the family at this point in the film. Um, and so, you know, Chaz, or not Chaz, Richie comes back to the hotel to talk to Royal. And Chaz, or not Chaz, Richie asks Royal for advice about Margot. Yeah. and <laughs> That was weird. And Royal Royal is like, a, it also again, he doesn't really, he's indifferent to this news. He's just like, he's yeah. not shocked at all. Um, he's like, Margot? I mean,
1: I mean, frankly, he was drawing a ton of portraits of Margot when he was um, little. How no, one, how no one in the family caught on to that, they are... I mean, really, wow. come on.
0: They are. It's uh... a wall of her face. They are uh, very dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh. and, they, and they went to the now, museum on.
1: together when they were young? Now, hang on. Would you say they're dumb or would you say they're unobservant? Oh, or just say they're not paying oh, attention. Oh, they're not paying attention. Not at all. They don't. Yeah. Oh my goodness, my son just painted a wonderful picture. I'm just gonna hang it up on the wall. Yeah. Doesn't just, ma- doesn't matter what?
0: Because that scene, uh, Richie's like, yeah, move it over here to the right. Yeah. Bit. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. I don't think that they're paying attention to it. I I I think I don't think it's you know stupidity. I don't think it's they're not putting the clues together. I think it's they don't care about the clues doesn't matter are they doing which, their schoolwork sure then that's it, that's all that matters which is interesting cuz they're brilliant they they're left to go on their own devices because I think I think I think what royal ha- like the the
0: the abilities as a father that he has and possesses since he's not in the family I think he brings that observant trait that Ethel doesn't have Ethel has the the care and like raising the child the children mm-hmm. and to, you know, to make them be successful in their own respective fields. I mean, Margot didn't because she was just, like, she was lost, you know. There was a period of her life where she just kind of was in her own head and she lost her creative, you know, uh, creative juices, I guess. Yeah. Um, You know, Richie was the tennis, tennis star and then Chaz became a successful, like, Businessman or whatever, financier, and um, you know, from Ethel's perspective, she did a good job as a mother. You know, as much as she had to do, um, and Royal was never there, right? And so Royal comes back uh, to the family, um, and
1: he makes things right the right way. Uh, mm. I would say he does what is needed, and that is removing himself. From the family. He is, oh, I, I can make Ethel happy by actually divorcing her yeah. and allowing her to marry Henry. Well, that's what I mean. He makes things I, he, right. Yeah, with he makes his things family. right. Yeah, with and his how he does that is removing himself. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I was never there to begin yeah. with.
1: So I'm going to stay. say, you know, I love you, but I'm going to allow you to be happy. Not just stuck on thinking, oh, gosh, my father is looming over me in the past Mm -hmm.
0: yeah so yeah so royal with richie goes to eli to try to give eli help to take him to rehab eli is like okay and then he jumps out the window leaves (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) and and then we see him later um and then kills the dog yeah and then royal tries to have uh, lunch with margot and she's just kind of like despondent she doesn't really care not at all um so that doesn't succeed at all,
1: and then well, he goes to Chet. Are we gonna say? Yeah, just I mean, of course it doesn't succeed. He doesn't offer her any care. He doesn't offer her anything. He doesn't know her middle name, and it was his mother's name. Like, yeah, it's not that. I mean, he's got to make up for his shortcomings. Yeah, and he's just kind of offering, "Hey, do you forgive me?"
0: She's like, no. Why would I? Yeah, of course. You're exactly. not giving me a reason
1: to. Exactly. Yeah,
0: and so chat, and then uh, yeah, he goes to Chaz, and Chaz is like, no, forget you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so then he goes to Ethel and Henry, and like here, here are the divorce papers. Bye bye. <laughs> and yeah. uh, you know, and he's like, I'm happy for you guys, and he finally comes to terms with. You know, Ethel being with Henry, he's like, you know what? He is actually a great man. He's everything I am not. Yeah. And that's, that's such a... There's that character. I love that line. I love that line. It's a beautiful line. Yeah. Because um, he realizes, like, yeah, I, I'm i not a good guy. Yeah. Um, And I think that was kind of what his family needed to hear from him the most. Like, yeah. him accepting or him coming to terms with his own flaws and like letting down his ego, letting down his uh, pride. Yeah. Um,
1: and being vulnerable. Now I've got a question for you. What is that? Royal sir is, is Royal is a better person at the end of the film than he is at the beginning. Yeah. How much better? Not, you know, leaps and bounds turns into a saint, but he is, he's improved. Yeah. so, my question is, what do you think of his epitaph on his tombstone? Uh, oh. Heroically rescued his family from the a tragically s- destroyed sink- battleship. Yeah, sinking ship. Uh, I. Yeah. Do you think that's him changing? Or do you think that's just.
0: I think that's just him being him, but he's also kind of correct because. What is the family without everybody in it? 'cause, cause before 'cause Because before, before he was there, I mean, Margot wasn't happy. Richie was unhappy with the situation that he was dealt with. I mean, more so because of Margot and he, her being married with Raleigh. And then Chaz was also unhappy. Yeah. Um, more so because of his wife pa- well, tragically passing away in a but, plane accident. But still unhappy. You're right. And then Ethel was kind of like the only one that was content. Um, yeah. And she was kind of like on the up upward trajectory with Henry coming into her life. Well, I mean, he had always been in her, uh, the family's life because he was like their accountant yeah. or whatever. Um, and so, you know, he he offers – He asks, he asks her to marry him, um, in such a funny way, like he's like, you know, on your tax, on your tax reports or whatever, you should probably file as a single, single. (laughs) What
1: a flirt! What a flirt! And then he says,
0: "I want to marry you. (laughs) Can you marry me? May you marry me, please?"
1: Hey, you want to file jointly? (laughs) Tell me. Tell me, faithful listener, do you want to file your taxes jointly with me? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good slide. No. That's not good. No. <laughs> but it works. It I mean, does. It oh, works it for does. Henry. Because
0: uh, I guess uh, you see Ethelene, she had many suitors in the past. Yeah. Who were far more like successful people or like important figures. Yeah. But she rejected all of them. She didn't even consider a single one of them. And Henry was, is the only person who... She would, like, actually enjoy spending her time with and being with. Yeah, because you know, again, he's
1: everything that Royal isn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love a good little bit of name theory too, which is why is our our, our dear father called Royal. Royal, and you know, I was I was thinking, you know, he's above everybody kind of not not physically gene hackman is not that tall but he's kind of isolated alone at the top he doesn't have a connection with you know i put subjects in quotes but like he doesn't have a connection with any member of his family yeah at least until the very end he is kind of just the authority figure that stays in the vis in the peripheral in the vicinity but never is like an actual important figure
0: hmm. he doesn't like make any true impact no think of it
1: think of think of him like the queen yeah he he's yeah. there, he's got the title, he's got the power uh, or at least the stature that would be associated with the power mm. he's a patriarch of the family but but he doesn't really do anything to reinforce that. Yeah. He doesn't pass. He doesn't pass laws. He doesn't pass judgment. He doesn't parent. Yeah. He's just kind of there in name only. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's an interesting point. And then think about it like that. Um. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I almost laughed because we're watching the sequence of the wedding with yeah. Eli crashes his car and almost kills Uzi and Ari and Royal (laughs) all in one fell swoop. (laughs) But Royal saves uh, himself and then his two grand grandchildren um, from certain death. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Buckley passes away. Poor Buckley. Um, May he rest in peace. The the bomb dog. Um, But uh, yeah, then Eli and Chaz fight it out. Chaz is
1: angry. Angry. Oh, he is seeing red. and the... Pushes a priest <laughs> yeah, down the stairs. Yeah, he pushes stairs.
0: a priest down the stairs. That is so funny. <laughs> the
1: way he falls. <laughs> he's like a it's like a sled going down stairs. And, you know, the funny... I just realized this, actually. The funny thing is Royal actually does die, like, within six weeks, kind of. After the... Because, yeah. because the priest still has the ankle wrap on. He's still got the crutches when he's at Royals grave, Royal's grave doing the funeral. Yeah. So, like, you know, he actually wasn't lying. He mm-hmm. just died of a heart attack instead. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind
0: of funny. That's pretty funny. Yeah,
1: it just got that, actually. Like, just now. <laughs>
0: uh, so, you know, the wedding is pretty much ruined. Yeah. Uh, but they, Ethel and Henry get married at, like, a, a, a judge's chamber or whatever. Yeah. Uh, courthouse. Um, and, uh, in the aftermath, you know, Buckley's dead. Chaz and the kids are devastated because Buckley's dead. They lost not only their mom, but now their dog, their family dog. And uh, Royal buys the Dalmatian from the firefighters, which is pretty funny. <laughs> he negotiates with the firefighters to buy their dog. Yeah. <laughs> um, and gives it to them. Yeah. And Chaz is finally. You know, after, obviously, Royal saving his kids' lives. Yes. And then, you know, getting them a new dog. Like, Chaz has kind of opened up his heart to his father. And, you know, what we see after that is so... I think it's so beautiful. I think it's such a a heartwarming... The most heartwarming sequence of the entire film. It Yeah, me
1: me. It, it's... It got me.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know... Chaz and his father are finally reconciled, and, you know, they're having fun together. They're spending the time that they should have been spending when he was a kid, you know, when they were, when he should have been there as a father to raise his children. But he wasn't. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were doing all the things that he did with Richie as a kid. Yeah. You know, going to dogfights, riding
1: the... <laughs> you get the shot. Oh, that's a good thats a good note. I didn't notice that. The that's good. Fighting? No, I didn't see that. No, he took Richie, and then he took Ari and Uzi there. Yeah. I didn't notice that he never took Chaz. He never took Chaz. That's a good point.
0: C- no, because he always took Richie everywhere. Yeah. He never invited Margot or right. Chaz to any, any place that he went to. Hmm. Yeah. And so when he was there during the hospital stay or when he faked him, Fake being, you know, cancer. He took Ari and Uzi to the dog fights. Yeah, but not, but no one else. So.
1: <laughs> I mean, and I, I like this this scene of him popping out uh, on the back of the garbage truck. You see the three of them, and then just Ben Stiller peeks around the corner. I'm also here on the back of the garbage truck. But um, yeah. The I think the emotional part was the only person by. Royal on his deathbed is Chaz.
0: Yeah, because Chaz was the only person that saw him pass
1: away. And Chaz, Royal, Chaz is the only person that Royal apologizes to. Mm. Chaz is the only person that Royal actually successfully mends his relationship with. Yeah, There, there is no fixing his screw-ups with Marco. There is... I mean, I mean he yeah. he's 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 put a lot of blame on Richie. I lost everything because you had to throw that game, not giving a crap about how his yeah. um emotional well being was yeah, in that yeah, moment. Yeah. Um and then the uh you know, his wife, he just up and leaves. They haven't spoken in at least seven years is what he says.
0: Well, I mean I think
1: I think there's resolution with him and his wife. There is resolution, but it's basically just stay out getting out of her life as opposed to Making a more positive impact in her life,
0: I guess so. I mean, I guess the divorce is pretty positive because they obviously she wanted that for so many years, but yeah. it Never happened.
1: No, that's a good point.
0: Um, and so she finally married Henry. Yeah, and she was so she was pretty happy with that. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I think that's, I think that's resolution. Oh yeah, and then yeah, Margot writes her one of her plays, which is about. It's about Royal.
1: It's about royal. about their family. <laughs> um, and he laughs. I I like the fact that he laughs at it. it makes me think of another thing. It it's the Ah, oh, I know somebody just like that. Yeah. You. You're just yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. No, he probably No, he probably knows that think, it's me. Yeah.
0: He probably knows that oh yeah, that's me. I mean, the character looked like him. Looked yeah. Like him.
1: I think he's still bragging about my adopted daughter wrote this play though. So
0: <laughs> Yeah. But uh, yeah, we gotta wrap up here soon. But yeah. uh, I mean, yeah, the final shot being of his, yeah, of his epitaph. Um, it's such a. It's not what I expected. I think it's like I think it's like encapsulates his character. I'd say, to a T, because he's he doesn't he's still prideful about his family about himself, and so. And he's like, still has some ego to him. So in some way he, he, in his eyes, he's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm responsible for, for, uh, you know, bringing my family back together. Although realistically what actually happened was him making things right with his family, you know, yeah, his kids and him, you know, resolving their relationships, especially with Chaz. Yeah. Um, which is probably the best part of the whole film, and I think you know I love family dramas, and this is you know a, a great family drama and uh, mm-hmm. i uh it's it's i i at least for me, I can't really relate to it too much um I guess with ladybird yeah, you know what i mean it's
1: it's far more specific, right, but it's still definitely. Powerful. Yes. You still definitely feel it. And I love the diction on his epitaph. Rescuing his family from the wreckage
0: <laughs> of yeah. a
1: destroyed
0: destroyed sinking battleship. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty It's pretty funny. Yeah.
1: Um but very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So Tristan, what can we look forward to next week? Tar. Oh, yeah. Okay. We hyped that up a long time and then we just surprised you all with Wes Anderson. Uh, Sorry about that. (laughs) Well, okay. So, Tar, uh, directed by Todd
0: Field. So, I I watched it um, over the break. We're going to rewatch it, though. Okay. Together. Love it. We're going to watch it together. So, you don't have to spend like $20 on (laughs) renting the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Save me money there. But,. Yeah, we're going to watch it. And, uh, you know, I got to say, it's an extremely dense film. Um, There's a lot that Todd Field says about, well, one, I mean, cancel culture, separating art from the artist, um, and, like, elitism Mm -hmm. and gatekeeping mentalities within the art world, specifically, Mm -hmm. because it's about clay.